0: Sounds Pants Radio, Australia's least coherent podcast network.
1: One, two, three, four, two, one, two.
0: Does this work? Levels work?
2: Yeah, it's all good. You
1: actually sound quite beautiful. Really? This is Total Reboot, the only podcast on the internet about movies.
2: On this episode of our Australian psycho miniseries all about crime and violence in Aussie movies, we sat down with one of our
1: heroes, Nash Edgerton.
0: The first time I got really hurt doing something was on the film The Island of Dr. Moreau.
1: Nash directs our favorite TV show, the Hitman comedy drama Mr. in Between. Currently airing on Foxtel and FX. Mr.
2: In Between is created by and stars Scott Ryan as underworld heavy Ray Shoesmith, a character he reprises from the cult faux documentary The Magician that Nash also produced.
1: We chat with Nash all about that, plus his films Gringo and The Square, both starring his little brother Joel Legerton. We also discuss the music videos he made for Bob Dylan, plus his insanely impressive side gig as one of Hollywood's most sought-after stunt
0: guys. Brando, you know, just sees, sees the little guy and uh, let's get him a little chair and, and a costume and dress like me and, uh, <laughs> you know, get me uh... And then
1: Mini-Me was born. Basically. Yeah, that's where, that's where yeah. Mike Myers... It's not the best thing. Brando was onto
0: something. Oh man, totally.
1: I honestly can't tell you how much of a big fan we are of Nash and his work, and you'll probably be able to tell by how much we nerd out with him in this episode.
2: We hope you guys enjoy this chat about crime, violence, comedy, and of course, freaking movies, baby.
1: Thank you so much for coming in. You're, I know you're a busy man. I appreciate it.
0: Well, thanks for having me.
1: And we are both big fans of your work.
2: Absolutely.
0: Thank you. Yes. We're actually nerds.
2: I don't know if you could tell from meeting us. We do seem a little bit cool, but we're actually big film nerds. Ah,
0: and no, that's I couldn't tell. Nerds. You couldn't, <laughs> tell? couldn't tell? How old were you when you discovered you were film nerds?
1: That's a good question. And I'm gonna we'll answer it and then we're gonna throw it back to you. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry,
0: I forgot. I'm not asking the question. <laughs> no, no, no.
1: You're not in charge, dude. Stop trying to take control. I reckon
2: I would have been ten or eleven years old. Mm. And I was like, this is the only thing I like is movies.
0: Yeah, right.
1: What was the movie?
2: Um, probably would have been like Indiana Jones, I reckon. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay, yeah, that's that's cool. I reckon for me, I don't know how old I was, probably around that age, mm. but I saw Back to the Future 2 and was like, I get it. Yeah. I'm smart enough to get what's mm. going on here. They've gone back to the original mm. and they're reframing scenes from the original. And all thought, I thought I was a fucking genius.
0: I mean, the original Back to the Future is almost a perfect movie. Absolutely. It's awesome. It's
1: so good. I was yeah. talking about this recently. It's like, when when I was a kid, I thought 2 was the best because it's got all the cool shit. Mm. The yeah, yeah. The the hoverboard. But then you get older and you realize 2 is kind of about nothing. Mm. It's just... All plot mechanics—it's just like fun adventure. But one has it all. That's I mean
0: everything that's set up is paid off in one. Yeah, like so masterfully crafted.
1: Oh, it's so good. And
2: just like tonal perfection as well. Like to have like it be completely funny, but you're thrilled the entire way through.
1: Totally, totally. The comedy doesn't underplay any of the like stakes of it Mm. all. It's fucking great. How old were you when you got into movies?
0: Uh, I reckon probably around 10 to, you know, it would have been around that age. I saw, um, well, yeah, 10, 11, 12, yeah. Back to the Future, uh, Raiders,
2: yeah.
1: mm.
0: American Wealth in London. Oh, oh that's man. one of my That like favorites. was like so impactful yeah. on you know, my little brain. Um, but Raiders, what's amazing about Raiders the Lost Ark is, cause it's, you know, it's one of those blockbuster films, but it's da- it's dark and dangerous, mm, yeah. you know, mm. and funny. And like, I feel like a lot of those bigger tentpole films now don't have the level of danger mm. in them that Raiders has. Oh, that's interesting. You know, like yeah. it's got the face melting yeah. And, you know, like they're really, you're really on the edge of your seat. Like yeah. the characters are in serious peril and it's scary. You okay. know, like I feel like '80s kids movies were scary. Yeah, yeah, man. In the even way like, they aren't anymore. Goonies are scary. Yeah, Goonies has like
1: people holding guns to kids' heads and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Bring back, bring back shit.
0: scary kids movies. Yeah, also. I
1: know, I know. Or you? I read that you and uh, your brother used to make movies when you were little. What kind of stuff were you doing?
0: Uh, well, you know, like around that age is when my dad bought a video camera. And, you know, where we were growing up in Dural, you know, we'd hang out there on the weekends and play mm. with the video camera and just mm. like make stupid shit, you like know, anything jumping with? off the roof of the house, like ninja stuff or cowboy stuff <laughs> or whatever we could do, you know, <laughs> like, um, yeah, we were just, you know, bad music videos. Uh, yeah. Anything that came to mind. Did you
1: guys play in bands as well?
0: No, we weren't, we didn't really, you know, like i think the furthest I went with musical instrument school was like the recorder which you were forced to use and <laughs> yeah then, and then uh you so know the, I think the, I used the uh, I think I played the euphonium for um, like a month oh wow which is like so a little tuba <laughs> <laughs> you
2: know
0: does it wrap around I was around not very you? good at it <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I've never I can't remember it. if it wrapped it probably did at that age mm. but yeah like I I think at some point I was like I'm not carrying a euphonium around No, like, <laughs> no one's carrying. where am I keeping that around. you know Carrying too young to have a car <laughs> 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 Just got a nice
2: little trolley Pushing it around
0: Yeah So, so yeah, no band stuff happened But right. uh, Just, you know Skateboarding, BMX mm. And Filming stuff with video Jumping camera.
1: off roofs and shit
0: Jumping off roofs Filming, skateboarding Played a lot of basketball
1: Oh yeah Yeah Did you guys make short films? Or were you mainly just like sh- Like stunts and crap Mucking like around that? Mucking well, around
0: Well <laughs> I guess we did make what you could classify as short film, except that we didn't know that there was such a thing as short films. Mm. You know, it wasn't until, um, you know, when we left high school and then you had to, like, try and figure out what you're going to do. And, you know, I went to uni for a year. Not that I was there a lot of the time. I was skipping out because I got an idea halfway through the year that I wanted to be a stuntman. Mm. And so I was, any chance I got to get on a film set, you know for some kind of work experience type thing i was going and you know through me trying to be a stunt man um i was trying to work out how to get work and i saw that people had show reels, hmm. you know like and showreels were made up of clips from movies that people had worked yeah. on and yeah. i was like okay so you gotta you gotta work on a movie to get the clips yeah. to make a showreel to then get a job From the showreel. And I was like, how do I get... It's
1: like a chicken-egg shit. Yeah. 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 So I was
0: like trying to work out how do I get a job so I can get some clips to make a showreel to then get a job. Mm. Yeah. So then I got this idea that if I make up the name of a movie and shoot... Because it was just... I don't have to make the whole movie. I just got to make the clips. And then I can have a showreel. And so I'll shoot (laughs) like this little sequence, put on my showreel... Make up the name of the movie. <laughs> people will think I've worked on a movie. That's yeah, so, good. so that was my. Uh, That's a great hustle. <laughs> yeah, that was that was my plan, and so, you know, we said about making these. You know, like so, me and my friend Tony would shoot these little action sequences, mm. and then my brother was like, "Oh, maybe that'll work for me as an actor," because he'd you know he'd gone to Nepean yeah. Drama School, and same boat, trying to get job as an actor. Like, how do you get a job? God. Yeah. You know? And, uh, so I was like, why don't you get a friend and write a scene and I'll shoot that and put on your showreel. So like for Joel, we made like a, a scene from a movie and the movie was called The Formal and he dressed up in a suit and his friend Eliza, who we went to drama school with, she was wearing a dress and it Mm. was, we shot it down by the water at, at dusk. And it's it's like the next morning after being at a high school formal (laughs) and they're like having a post formal kind of awkward conversation, boy and girl type thing. Sure and uh yeah and we put that on his was like this little scene with those wow. two and uh so if any but if anyone asks oh, oh that looks cool what's what's that movie you know, how I do i get it? a copy of the movie yeah oh we've only got the scene the, the <laughs> filmmakers only gave us the scene <laughs> for the we're movie up in a right it, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah
1: yeah we can't get a hold of it
0: so you know so we, we we were doing that and then you know at some point we start making this thing it's got this action sequence And a acting sequence Mm. in it you know for Joel and his friend Kieran um to you know get acting work and for me and my friend Tony to get stunt work Mm. because and so we're making this thing and we're shooting out in Glee we had no permission we're just out in the streets you know it's like basically the premise was two guys buying a a gun off these two old two young guys buying a gun off these two older guys in an alley and they try and rip them off and then a chase ensues Mm. and and uh Anyway, we're over at I think Kieran's place in Glebe and showing a few people while we were working on it. And this one guy's like, "Oh, yeah, that's a great short film."
2: Yeah. Hmm. And we were
0: like, "What's a short film?" He's <laughs> like, "It's like a little film, and you enter in film festivals." And we're like, "What's a film festival?" <laughs> so we didn't know uh, that such things existed. Yeah. And then we uh, set about trying to enter a. Film festival and...
1: Um, what was around then? Uh, was Flickrfest well, doing its thing? Well, yeah, or?
0: Flickrfest was around. But again, as before, like, mm. we were... The internet and... Sure, yeah. How to do all these things, yeah. you know. All the... You know, like, I didn't know film school existed until I'd made some stuff and met some people who went there. You yeah. Know? Um, obviously, wasn't very well educated in <laughs> knowing what else you could do, you know. Yeah. So... We uh, Kieran found a flyer for a place down the road on Cleveland Street from yeah. where we are right now, it used to be called the Performance Space, yeah, right. And uh, had a flyer saying a night of uh, song, dance, film, song, dance, and film, or yeah. Something. And uh, and they were looking for acts, you know, and films and whatnot. And so he said, Oh, I've entered our film and we got the film was called loaded yeah and so he entered the film into that and that was our first public screening hmm. and uh now i didn't know what performance art was and i'd never seen any mm. and uh <laughs> so we turn up on this night it's like a variety night you've got your premiere yeah <laughs> and yeah you know, and we made this film for like 100 bucks or something, yeah. <laughs> 120 bucks and like, it's uh, an
1: action movie too
0: yeah, it's like a violent, black-and-white action film. and uh, Fuck, I can
1: see what's going to happen right yeah. now. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and it's like ultra-low budget. Like, the money was spent on the windscreen of my car that we broke when I got hit by it, you know? yeah, yeah. That checks
2: um, out to about, about 120, so... Yeah,
0: <laughs> and uh, anyway, so the first act that night was a guy dancing naked in high heels wow. yeah. for like 15... For 20 minutes yeah. wow. not long
1: enough I reckon it could have gone longer <laughs> and it
0: got a standing ovation oh Jesus my
1: god Christ. first act of the
2: night and standing ovation. yeah yeah and I'm <laughs> That's like a big deal
0: I'm like what is going on you know and my parents are there and uh, you know Joel and Kieran and Tony <sighs> mm-hmm. and I who'd made the film and and uh, I think our film was next up and yeah it didn't go down very well <laughs> like you know I've never been booed and hissed before, but we got booed and hissed today. Oh. Booed? Boo, hiss. You know, like, my this God. is not performance art. Like, people were yelling at oh it. And my God. I don't even think
2: I've heard a hiss out loud in an audience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: so, yeah, that was quite shocking. And, um, you know, and then there was another act that was very different to <laughs> what our film was. <laughs> and uh, And then there was, you know, a couple other things. And then there was a break. Mm. And as we're having the break and we're walking out, Quite traumatized from the experience, thinking I'm never making anything ever again. People hated this yeah. thing. So. Mm. Uh, someone says to my friend Tony, who's in the film, because the four of us are in the film. Yeah. You know, we're trying to get jobs as stuntmen and actors. And someone says to Tony and points at me and goes, "Hey, is that, uh, is that is that one of the guys from the film?" And he pretends to not know me. He goes, "Oh, I wouldn't know. Like, <laughs> I was um, here for the naked guy. I don't know yeah, who I'm his friend." <laughs> uh, after the break, the first act was a guy in a rubber a skin-colored rubber suit rolling around on the ground while red syrup was poured from the ceiling oh, all mate. over him. Yeah. That also got quite a uh, huge applause. Well
1: wow. that's commentary on yeah. Um, we got to make the stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> so
0: so what happened after that was I was like we're never making anything again. Mm. Um, but Kieran had entered the Bathurst Film Festival, which I don't know if that, I don't think that exists anymore, but he'd entered the Bathurst Film Festival, which we also got into. Mm. And they'd invited us up there and he's trying to talk us into going. And we're like, nah, Mm. mate, remember what happened (laughs) at the performance space? We're not going, you know? And he goes, oh, I've already told them we're coming. And so he kind of talked us into going. And I I think just Joel, Kieran and I went. And that was actually a film festival. And we met other filmmakers the film had a very different reaction there. And then we were like, okay, maybe this is fun. Yeah. And we, we kept making other stuff. You like,
2: didn't pour red liquid on you for the Q&A or <laughs> anything? No, everything. no. Make it feel like
1: home again? Yeah, <laughs> no. Unfortunately. I want to go back to... Would have been uh, a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah You know, you talked about, you know, being at uni and realizing you want to be a stuntman. That's something I had to ask you about. Like, how does that thought even enter your Mm. fucking head? How did you even know that was a job? Mm. Because when I was, you know, I grew up in Newcastle. I didn't know what anything in showbiz or entertainment was. I didn't even know that you could be a stuntman. I don't know how you start being a stuntman. How do you get your first jobs? Is it through this short film and stuff like that?
0: Well... Yeah, look, I was the same, man. I grew up in Jural. I had no idea. Like, I knew people made movies, obviously, mm. but I didn't know how, I didn't know anyone in the film industry. Mm. I didn't know how you went about it. The closest I'd come to the film industry was, I think, a country practice, like, shot in my street mm. in Jural One, <laughs> pretty big And I don't deal. think I saw it. I think I heard about it. Wow. You know? <laughs> Still inspiring um, stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be here without that rumor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then... Um, So, yeah, I was at uni. I, I, you know, look, I was good at maths and science at school, and I got, you know, into electrical engineering at, um, uni of New South Wales. Mm. And I got there, and it just was like, look, I was good at the maths and science stuff, but I was like, this just feels like school. And I, and, you know, and halfway through the year, I'm like, I can't imagine being an engineer. I just didn't feel like what I was going to do. And so I was quite depressed at uni, and, um, Anyway, then I went to a this a, a girl I'd met, you know, down at the snow because I used to I went skiing a lot at that age, and um, I'd met her at the snow, and she invited me to her high school formal. She was a year below me, mm. and at her high school formal, her best friend's partner was this Chinese kid, and while we're sitting at dinner, he's telling a story, and he tells a story. In the story, he's talking about doing some stunt work. Hmm. and I'm like it's do work you know and basically he'd been in like a reenactment of the Tiananmen Square massacre for the oh, ABC wow. you know or something Jesus. and
1: um on the ABC budget I can mm, imagine that would have been pretty yeah it was like something like some little you know like,
0: <laughs> uh, it's re- you know, it kind of it was probably like uh you know australia's most wanted kind of reenactment sure oh you know?
1: yeah yeah
0: but anyway I was like ah oh, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be stunt stuntman.
1: Yeah. yeah. You know,
0: like this kid had said stunt in a sentence. Yeah. And that was the spark. <laughs> I had no idea how I was going to do it, <laughs> but I was like the clearest moment in my mind. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And uh, so I ended up like just quizzing this kid. And, you know, when I think back now, he didn't know anything uh, about... Mm. He wasn't actually a stuntman. He'd done one thing. Well, what happens is, you know, now that I've worked in the film industry for a while, if you need, you know, especially young people Mm. to do action and especially, you know, uh, there probably wasn't a lot of, you know, Asian looking stunt guys in Australia at that time and especially young kids. Mm. And so the automatic go-to is you go to martial arts schools. Yeah. Mm. And so he's probably, you know, doing martial arts somewhere. They've gone and found some kids and that's how he got. So yeah, he didn't right. know any people. He'd just done this thing. You mm. know? I ended up giving him a ride home and just like berating him with questions. Because like, I was like, I'd made my mind <laughs> up. I wasn't going home to study for my physics exam. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to be a snubman now. So <laughs> He's your first
2: mentor. Electrical engineering has
0: left the building. And uh, so I got home after, you know, quizzed him, dropped him home. I was like, okay, well, how do I find this thing? You know, how do I and I it was again it was before the internet so I've like go to the phone book and I'm looking through for, for stunt you know, yeah. you know the word stunt in the phone book <laughs> and I found one phone number it said the stunt agency and I'm like alright yeah. first thing Monday I'm calling that place <laughs> Yeah. so that's what I do I call the, the stunt agency first thing Monday morning and it's an agency that represents stunt people hmm. and basically they you know the lady who answered told me how hard it was to get into and hmm. You know, kind of not to bother. And I'm, you know, but yeah, if I was interested to write a letter of what my physical background is, you know, sports I've played and things like Mm -hmm. that, and send it in. And so I was like, all right, I wrote the letter, but I didn't mail it. I was like, I I I drove in (laughs) the next day, you know, and yeah. Went to the address that she'd given me, and
1: she have done a stunt like crashed the yeah. car in through the window or some shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, All right, where do I start?
0: I remember I went there, knocked on the door. There was no answer. I'm looking in through the window, and there was photos of like someone on fire and a car jumping through the air. And I'm like, so I knew I was at the right place. <laughs> yeah. And I just waited. You know, I, went, I mm-hmm. think went around the corner, got some got myself something to eat, went back there. Finally, you know, she was there. Went in, said, "Hey, I'm the kid." You know. Called yesterday, and here's my letter, and, Mm. um, you know, and she took it. She was nice and all, but, you know, um, and then I started calling her every week. So what do I do now? Wow. You know?
2: It's so crazy to hear this is, like, the origin of it, because just even looking at your IMDB, you've been, like, the stuntman and, like, coordinator for some of, like... The most stunt-heavy, like biggest action blockbuster movies ever. So it's ho- so crazy, to, like go from that yeah. to like your Obi One Kenobi in like a oh yeah of
0: yeah no I was uh uh yeah I just harassed I just called every week <laughs> and finally she uh, I think she got so sick of me calling she like you know gave me the number of a stunt coordinator mm. that I could call and I called him and and he was uh, working on a film that was shooting. Down in Pitt Street, it was uh Yahoo Serious's follow-up film to Young Einstein. Oh, what was it? It was called uh, Reckless Reckless Kelly. Kelly. And so I, I ultimately I ended up working on Mr. Accident, but I. Oh, really? But the first film set I went on the set of was Reckless Kelly, and they were blowing up a car and doing a shootout Mm. in the street. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. That's and I met some stunt performers. And I got their numbers and so now I had some other people yeah. to call and they were, you know, they told me where they would go training. And so now I was like going to uni, but any chance to go hang out with them, mm. I would go train with them. And, um, the way, and the thing is, I wasn't telling my parents, like no one knew about this except my brother. <laughs> and, uh, and I was living with my grandmother cause she, she lived in Granville and was closer to get to, uh, to Kensington where yeah. I was going to uni. And, uh, so I was living with her for the year, but she cottoned on that I was up to something at some point. Yeah, <laughs> she
1: probably thought you were in a fire club. Or something. Yeah. So she's like, <laughs> You've got uh, broken ribs every yeah. day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so she says to me one day, she's like, "Look, I know you're up to something, and you're not always going to uni. But if you drive me to the shops, so I don't have to catch the bus, mm. I won't tell your parents." Oh. <laughs> so I'm like, "All right, good deal, Nan. That's a pretty so, good deal." <laughs> yeah.
1: Man, we were a bit obsessed with uh, Yahoo for a little while there. Yeah. Like, you know, he was one of those guys that, uh, growing up, I loved Young Einstein. And oh yes, yeah, so I mm-hmm. only saw Mr. Accident for the first time five years ago or so. I reckon he's a bit of an unsung auteur. Yeah, like absolutely. A bit of mean, a, Yahoo's
0: awesome. Yeah. More,
1: so did you watch him direct on, uh, Reckless Kelly and stuff?
0: I only went out there for a day, but years later I, I met him and I, I worked on Mr. Accident mm. and, uh. So, you know, what's great, like Yahoo, you know, does all the stunts and does all the physical comedy and all that oh, stuff. He's a bit of a genius. Yeah. Me? But so I, you know, I was the assistant stunt coordinator on that. And so I would test a lot of the stunts mm. and, and, you know, and then he would do them. Yeah. Fucking, that, that's so I was like, I was like cool. the crash tester. Yeah. yeah. Oh my yeah, God, you're
1: insane.
2: driving that car that's falling apart.
0: Oh yeah, yeah I got to drive that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Out of all your stunts and stuff, what is, like, the one that you'd like us to go back to and, like, watch? Is there one that you're particularly proud of?
0: Um, I don't know if there's one I'm particularly proud of. You know, like, they're all, like, the experience you have at yeah. the time. Um, You know, like, uh, <clears throat> some, some you think are going to be easy and then you get hurt, and some you think are going to be really dangerous and they're not, you know. Mm. Well, you know they yeah you know, they end up being fine <clears throat> um you know the first time I got really hurt doing something was uh on the film the Island of dr Moreau i had to jump you know, I was doubling for David dos and I had yeah. to run out of this uh kind of lab barn type thing, and they were and it was blowing up like yeah he, he and the you know Feruza Balk's character had kind of set something off in there oh no no that's right uh. Um, no, the hyena character was chasing them and mm-hmm. shot like a bazooka oh, wow. into the mm. barn, and they ran out of there oh, and yeah. they blew Same it up. Yeah, and uh, it barely covers any
2: of the insanity. Yeah, and as film. I was coming out of there, yeah. like the
0: just the explosion was much bigger than yeah everyone thought it was going to be, and I <laughs> yeah. fully got engulfed in flames and burnt <laughs> down the side of my face and arm um, and stuff. And Foolish
1: um, should do his own stuff. Yeah. Get him in there. there. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of what I guess leading us where we want to talk, which is um. The, the films that you make and the TV and the short films mm. stunts are a big part of it. Violence is a big part of it. When you're, when you're starting to make shorts, yeah. like what are you, what are you watching? What's inspiring you?
0: Oh, look, the thing that kicked off actually making short films at that time was uh, a combination of the Beastie Boys video sabotage mm. and Reservoir Dogs. And if you look mm. at the first uh, short film that, you know, Joel, Kieran, Tony and I made that's basically what it is. You know, like <laughs> yeah. Like it's a it's like a ripoff of Chase those sequences. two things. You know. Um, in fact, you know, when it played at Flickerfest, someone came up to me and described it as that. And I'm like, wow, you totally get it. <laughs> 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 um, but those were the two things. Like I remember seeing Sabotage and I, the kind of home na- homemade nature of that. Yeah. Made like, it feel and like that's Sp- Spike Jones, isn't it? Yeah Spike Sabotage Jones. Book? And I yeah. and I'd seen finally, yeah, you because know, music videos here you know, in the States on MTV, they used to show the music videos and the director would be Mm. listed on it. They never did that here. Yeah. So I didn't know that who had made it. Mm. And then I'd also seen a short film called how they get there. Yeah. Which Spike Jones had made as well around, around that time. And, you know, both those things, they just felt accessible. It was shot in the street Mm. and, you know, like, you know, the Beastie Boys are playing dress ups and it just felt like, Oh, this is something me and my friends could do. Mm. Um, and then Reservoir Dogs just, like, was something I saw at, in George Street at the um, at the Metro, mm. and I remember it, was like, blew me away. And it was, like, God. a combination of those things at that age and just going, I want to, you know, make stuff like this.
2: Like what You said, like, there's that made quality, that handmade quality to them. Mm. Like, you can see the seams a little bit, which just makes it seem so inspiring that you can go out there and make something. It
0: totally just feels – yeah, it makes it feel like it's possible. You know, just the mechanics of it. You're like, mm. oh, yeah, I could – do that you yeah. know um, I could just you know especially especially sabotage like because it's kind of meant to be yeah, that way yeah like, yeah it's shot like a skate video
1: almost mm. you
0: know and um, and their costumes
1: are a bit shitty and stuff well actually yeah. those are two great examples of something that I I can see a bit of DNA in your work mm. still to this day which is the sense of humor merging with the action you know I reckon that's a big part I don't know how much you talk about it but I think like The sense of humor is key to your work As far as like identity is concerned
0: Yeah, look, I, you know Same reason I love Raiders of the Lost Ark so much Like I said before It's got action Mm. And drama And comedy Mm. Um, You know, and the danger and humor together I like Mm. a lot, you know Um, And I feel like You know, those two things are a huge part of cinema. Mm. Like they're both audience participation stuff. Yeah. You know, like um, where you get visceral reactions. Yeah, from yeah. yeah. violence and comedy. The tension well.
1: of a violent scene and also yeah. a comedy. You know, and, beat. Yeah, and the tension yeah.
0: is relieved by comedy, and yeah. they go hand in hand for me. Like uh, I strive for that stuff in pretty much everything i make yeah i always
2: felt like in your work like the comedy and is such like a, a great way of like grounding things in a reality i think it's as well along with like your style you've always had like this kind of like just a little beyond like verite style of like making it feel kind of realistic and documentary-esque i was like wondering like if that is kind of like how you see your work as well as like trying to ground it in a reality
0: yeah i don't know i think um Like, when I started, I wasn't, you know, like I said, I was just doing it to try and get jobs as a stuntman. And uh, it wasn't until, you know, I made this short film called Deadline, which was a Tropfest film I made. Hmm. It wasn't until that played at Tropfest, you know, in front of 20-something thousand people Hmm. and it had the reaction it had that I went, oh, I like this feeling. Yeah. You know, I want to make... Stuff and have this feeling where you know you can make people laugh and shocked and yeah. that sort of stuff, um, and so you know that that kind of kicked off where I, I actually took filmmaking seriously mm. as opposed to it was just a means to getting a stunt job. Mm. Um, so I wasn't thinking about being a director until that night. Yeah, I don't think seriously, and I probably didn't say I was a director. For at least another five years or more after that, because I was still trying to figure out what it is I was doing. But I did notice I had a uh, an instinct for editing and yeah. mm. and creating tension. Like it's just something that somehow is in the work that mm. I do, and I I don't quite know why, but it is.
1: For any, I'm sure a lot of our listeners have seen. Mister in between the square gringo, but for anyone who hasn't seen your early short films, I can't recommend them enough. Mm. I, I've, when I met you, I told you this. Um, me and my friend Tom ripped off so much of your style when we were at uni <laughs> trying to yeah. make our own short films. I think I saw Deadline pretty early on, and then obviously Spider and Lucky come after that, and they both have. You know, it's like realistic tension mm. and realistic, like high stakes action, but then punctuated with like incredibly dry punchline. You know, the ending of Deadline is, and the ending of Lucky, especially mm. when he turns the car off, it's like, and it blows up. Spoiler, like, spoiler alert. <laughs> dramatic irony as <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, but cut it, cutting to the wide for that. So you, like that sign posted as a joke for me when yeah, you go, yeah. oh yeah, we've now it's a cartoon just for this tiny moment at the end. It's wally well, coyote or something yeah
0: it's funny lucky i i watched raiders a lot before making that because i like there's this thing in the action in raiders of the lost ark where like you know harrison ford's always like landing right in the camera like you're seeing Love the, the start and yeah. it's like you know and i like that feeling of i think the action is designed really well in that film
1: yeah i we talk about spielberg's framing a lot especially in raiders how It'll be a continuous shot for 2 minutes or something but mm. it reframes 3 or 4 yeah. times. Oh, it's incredible. The camera will spin around and make it a two shot and then he'll step forward into it it becomes a close up. It's All the pacing's in camera and you're
2: never like conscious of it being like a one shot. You never go yeah. Spielberg great one shot director because it's just so seamless. Yeah. yeah.
1: Lucky- I can see that in Lucky because it starts, you know, when you when you come out of the boot. Yeah. It kind of starts close on your face and then it swings around. I still... I remember taking ages for me to even figure out how the fuck you did that shot.
0: Oh, where there's no one driving the car? Yeah.
1: And then I kind of went, oh, you must have had one of those dudes that hides in the car seat. And uh, is that what it was?
0: Yeah, ultimately, yeah, I had... Well, there wasn't... The the plan originally was that, um, you know, uh, my friend Tony, who I started out making stuff with, he... um, he was going to be lying down driving the car mm. Mm. Um, with a monitor. We had a video camera hidden in the broken right. headlight wow. and he was lying down driving, oh but th- those old cars have so much drift in the steering wheel. He just mm. couldn't get up beyond 20 or 30 kilometers an hour without the car drifting off the road because mm. he couldn't see or any, you know, only one dimension or two dimensions to look at. You know? Yeah. And so then, uh, you know, we tried doing it without the monitor and just, calling him on the radio and that same thing just the response time wasn't good enough and then he was lying on this piece of foam when he was lying down and so I said what can I cut that piece of foam and they said yeah and so then I cut it the shape of the driver's seat yeah and, and I cut The bottom half the shape of his head and I stuck it on top of his head, took the driver's seat out, put a car seat cover over him, cut two eye holes and he became Tony the car seat. And um, we sat him on an Apple box and he was able to drive. So in all the shots where it looks like there's no one driving, he's in there, but he's dressed as the car seat. Oh my God. So then we could get up to like 90 90 kilometers an hour with me on the car.
1: And people still do that technique, don't they? Like, oh, they hide a stunt driver in a car Yeah.
0: But we are like, I couldn't afford visual effects to like paint him out. Yeah, so that was yeah. my little <laughs> Easter Yeah. Oh man. I um
2: would love to ask you about the square because mm. this was like this was a huge movie for me when I was like coming of age and like finding my taste in Australian film. I actually jigged school with my best friend to go see it. I think either opening day or the first cheap Tuesday that it yeah. was out. <laughs> and just rewatching it again it's just one of the most like spectacular thrillers in like how it builds everything through structure but especially through performance i really want to just nerd out and ask you about working with bill hunter one of the most legendary australian actors
0: oh man he was awesome but i was so scared like <laughs> that was the first time directing someone like that yeah. you know mm. and he's got the, such a gruff voice you know yeah and uh i remember just being terrified of him i only had him for like three days or something but he was he was great you know he uh I think he liked that I knew what I wanted. Yeah, but I remember just being terrified. I mean, like he, uh, um, he—I remember he was uh, calling one of the characters. You know, the main character's name Raymond Yale, and the actor's name was David Roberts, and he was calling him David Yale at one point. <laughs> and uh, in the scene, and I was like, "Oh man!" I was so scared to go up to him and tell him <laughs> the name was wrong. So I was like, can I change the name? Rather than tell him, <laughs> can I just say, I'll just change the name of the character to David Yale. Yeah. So, yeah, that'll be easier than telling Bill Hunter that he has to say Raymond Yale.
2: Yeah. We'll fix it in post every other scene. We'll leave his alone, untouched. Yeah, and then I realized we'd
0: made signs because you know, it was a construction site. Yeah. They had yeah. Raymond Yale on it. So, okay, I'm going to have to tell him. So I went up to him and go, uh, you know, excuse me, Bill. He goes, oh, how's it going? And I said, oh, good. Good mate, yeah, no, it's, it's working really well. Hey, I just want to say, um, yeah, the uh, the character's name's uh, Raymond Yale, not David Yale. He goes, is it? It's not what it says in the script, and it is what it says in the script. But I said, ah, oh, oh, sorry, mate. Yeah, there's a typo in the script. Um, it's actually, uh, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, sorry, it's it's Raymond Yale. Sorry about the typo. He goes, oh, okay. So after that he said the the right name. That's how I how how I chicken shit handled that situation. Um, and uh Yeah. But he was uh he was awesome. And yeah, and the third day he had the sort of big speech where he Yeah has a go at uh at David Roberts character. And uh because, you know, he'd fluffed a couple of things early on, I said to him, you know, hey mate, I'm uh you know, look, see how you go with this, but I I'll uh you know, you mess up a little bit here and there. Like, I'm going to cover it. Yes, mm. we can cut around it. I'm not going to mess it up. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I no, didn't you mean you're going to. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, like, Fuck. he comes in. Oh, my God. First take just oh. fucking nails it. <laughs> oh. And I was like, oh, I kind of got it. You know, like, he just did it the first yeah. take. Like, these little scenes he'd had a couple of troubles with. But then there's, you know, the main thing, he just nailed it. Fuck. And it was awesome. He's just like. It's yeah. good
1: advice for young directors out there yeah. If you're having difficulty with mm. an actor Just really be passive aggressive to them And <laughs> tell them that they're probably going to fuck up a monologue <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They'll bring their A game Yeah, yeah
0: What,
1: what draws you to a story? You know, you, how do you know when you found the right story to work
0: on? I don't know, I guess it's just, you know The story's engaging as you're reading it And, you know, I think a lot of time If I'm reading stuff and visualising it while I'm reading it mm. uh, Like I can see how I would shoot it That's usually a good sign.
1: Do you feel like there's something that you uniquely can bring to a a type of story or a script?
0: I definitely am always trying to find like the grounded in reality version of it. Like I know I I have a certain type of sense of humor that kind of works Mm -hmm. with certain scenarios, you know. Yeah, sometimes you read something, you're like, oh, I'd watch this movie, but I don't know how to make it or I don't know if I'd make it. Other times you read it and you're just like. I don't know what this is, you know, like some scripts feel really derivative of other Mm. things. Sure. You're just trying to find something that feels unique and something that grabs you that usually sends you down a path of attempting to create it. I don't think you really realize you have a style until you've made a bunch of things. or someone tells you what it is. Yeah. That
1: is, that's very true. Like someone pointed
0: (laughs) out to me at one point that most of my short films start with someone in the middle of a situation or, Mm -hmm. um, in some sort of trouble and they're trying to, figure their way out of it you know?
1: uh, yeah i mean i don't i would never like sit here and tell you what your style is but i've watched a lot of your stuff and i can tell you a lot of your characters are kind of bordering on dumbass um dipshit <laughs> and uh, who like find themselves in over their head even in the dylan uh some of the dylan what's the duquesne whistle oh yeah yeah that guy like he just he's just like a happy-go-lucky guy who just ends up getting the shit kicked out of him by gangsters (laughs) because he's cocky. Yeah. It seems like you're drawn to that type of like a guy, someone who's just in over their head quite quickly. Yeah.
0: What I like, what, you know, my idea with that was what if you had a guy that kind of, was acting like he was in a musical mm. yeah. but no one else yeah. <laughs> went along with it. It's such you know, a funny where he sees a girl yeah. and grabs a flower and instead of like it just being okay, yeah. someone calls the cops on him. <laughs> you know um,
1: I love that, that that's something that really jumped out to me too is, you know, some of your characters feel like they they, they act like they're in movies. Mm. Yeah, right. But the plot doesn't go the way that they're hoping it goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well that's what happens like all of them, even right? yeah,
1: Spider, it's like that guy, yeah. he's like, I'm doing something cute for my girlfriend, she's going to love this, yeah, and yeah. it ends tragically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Decayne Whistle, same thing, and yeah, it's Yeah, exciting. I guess Bear has that too. Bear, yeah, yeah. it's an exciting uh, premise of just these guys who really hope shit's going to go their way, but then the world is like, no. Not today. <laughs> then, rea- then reality. Yeah, kicks reality in, yeah. kicks in.
2: That's actually something I've noticed. Like in this rewatch of Mister In Between, is that on um in like uh the character of, like, Gaz, his house. He's got, like, these posters that he's made, I guess, of, like, Garface. Yeah, yeah. It's him, like, as <laughs> Al Pacino and <laughs> Scarface. Yeah, yeah, I always thought that was, like, such a good, like, way into that character because it's, like, that perception versus reality. Yeah, yeah. And so much of, like, Mr. Inbetween is, like, creating about, like, that mundanity of these guys' day-to-day lives.
0: I mean, I think there's a lot of humor in uh, just the ordinary things, you know? mm um, yeah, Mister in Between is very much, you know, kind of low-level criminals doing their thing. The main thing with that for us was that, the, you know, that's their job, mm. but they're just regular guys. They still, like, have to, like, try and date people and look mm. after their kids or, you know, hang care out with their, their friends or, or care for their brother mm. or, you know, it's like the, you know, the standover man, hitman type stuff is the job mm. and... Um, he could have been doing any, any job and this family, personal life stuff is still there.
1: At the end of the day, in the middle of all this violence, yeah. it's just guys doing their job and they just kind of, there's no hard feelings. They're yeah, just yeah. Kind of, mm. When Ian Roberts and Scott have that moment where they put their guns yeah. down and, then, and you're just like, these are just two dudes, they could be laborers, Like yeah. they could just be guys that are now just having a smoker together.
0: Yeah, and, and they don't. Yeah, they're not like you know. I said I'd kill you last. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I lied. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. yeah, none of that stuff. Yeah, which
1: yeah. is cool when you see that in a movie. Sure. Like yeah, in yeah. American totally. Movie in Fast and Furious. I don't want to see Vin Diesel just being normal and yeah, yeah. talking yeah. to the. Ro- I want every <laughs> conversation to feel high stakes mm-hmm. and it's like opera and operatic. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, yeah, there are different styles of well, mm. different tone. You know. Mm. Yeah. I
1: know you've talked about this probably a fair bit, but um, can you tell us a little bit about first seeing The Magician? Sure, yeah. And how, I guess, how you knew that there was something more to that world that you wanted to explore.
0: Look, I think ultimately, you know, at the time when I saw it uh, at the St. Kilda Film Festival, you know, my brother had this idea to make this sort of fake documentary about a security guard at the a mall hmm. you know like a mall cop you mm-hmm. know, yeah. type of thing and he'd shot a few tests for it with a with an actor friend and um, it was gonna be like you are following the this the life of this guy and mm-hmm. finally in that he had like um, uh, an ex-wife that he you know wasn't supposed to go around and see and oh, so wow. like mm-hmm. the scenes where he's like hanging out in his car like talking to camera about you know you know and trying to go over and visit her and things yeah. like that
1: was joel playing the character or no a
0: friend of his was he was just going to direct it and so he shot some tests for it anyway so then i'm at the st kilda film festival and you see the list of the shorts and it tells you how long yeah. they are. and the last film in one of the programs was this like 30 minute short hmm. and i'm like oh it's a long short but it's the last one so if i don't like it i can just leave yeah, yeah anyway this thing comes on which was the magician yeah. so it just had one of the storylines yeah in it in the half hour version yeah, of right. it which one was it um the one where uh, he takes you know the guy out to
1: get the buried money yeah yeah, yeah right
0: and um, so anyway so I'm watching this thing and I was just totally hooked by yeah, it. yeah. and I kept thinking this is so in the style of what Joel yeah. was talking about mm. with this project you know I watched it really enjoyed it. And it just felt so real, Mm. you know, like Mm. the performance. I thought the performance was great. I liked the way it was shot. It just felt like a real documentary. Mm. And, um, you know, I went out the foyer and and the guy who's in it was in the foyer. Mm. And I just went up to him telling him how great it was. And basically just asked him if I could have a copy of it because I I wanted to show my brother. Yeah. Mm. Because I thought it's so in the vein of what he's talking about. Mm. I I thought he would dig it. And so, you know, Scott hands me this DVD and says, oh, it's actually a feature film. Oh whoa! Um, and I said, "But have you got a copy of what I just saw?" Hmm. And he said, "No, look, I've only got these." And and I, at the time, I thought, oh, "Look, I don't think that would work as a mm. feature because mm. you know it only had that one story." Yeah, yeah. Uh, So I kind of reluctantly took the DVD, kind of wishing I had what I would just seen, mm. and went back to Sydney, and you know watched it with my brother and and David Micho and another friend of mine, Michael Cody, and and uh, anyway. We just watched the feature length version of it. And you know, it wasn't as well put together as the half hour version, but because of the half hour version mm. was so good, I made everyone watch the whole thing. But mm. as it got further on it got better. Mm. And then there were other characters and other storylines. And I was like, Oh, okay, I can see how this could work.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh yeah, I called him the next day to yeah, you know, I think he thought I was calling him to say the DVD didn't work or something. <laughs> but I, I called him to say how much I liked it. And, mm. uh, you know, and he'd been trying to get interest in it with distributors and basically, you know, it was cold sending it out and yeah. not getting any responses. Mm. I think the reality was, you know, the first 10 minutes wasn't that well cut. Mm. Mm. And also it's shot on a home movie camera. Sure, you know, yeah, DV cam. Yeah, and it just looks ultra low budget. Mm. And if you didn't get it, uh, you just probably they either didn't check it out or checked out five minutes off and switched yeah. it off and I said look I know a bunch of these distributors I'll make them watch it you yeah. know like because it's really good hmm. and uh, and you know Scott said well you know if you do that you know I'll give you a producer credit and and I said oh look to be honest if you put my name if you can put my name on it like I, I personally I think it needs to be recut yeah. you know I think hmm. there's a better edit in here and he asked me if I wanted to help him do that and I said, sure, but you know, like I'd like to see everything you shot if we're going to do that. And so that's how it started. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Mm. You know, I was just, you know, once I saw what he had, which, you know, like he pretty much picked most of the best performance stuff. It was just mm. finding a new structure for the film with the interview stuff and mm. finding, um, basically, what I did was I took all the interview stuff out and just cut the stories, mm. and then I cut worked out. What were the best bits Of the interview stuff mm-hmm. And then found Where they fitted With what was going on yeah. In the story right, okay. And that's what Sort of helped Structure the movie Yeah right And that's kind of What wasn't quite there In the version I saw I just mm. sort of Simplified it Really, Like I The first version the film I filmed my cut Was a lot shorter Because I'd taken All the interview stuff out mm. And then just found Where the right bits went
2: Yeah um, and you guys like add a lot of production value, right? Like adding the like the gunshot wounds, like through a oh yeah, because he had a you
0: know it was a plastic gun and yeah you know, and yeah. So I had a friend, uh, Michael Gracie, who's you know talented director and he's all right, right. But he when I first met him he was a visual effects yeah guy and he'd been making some short films as well. You know he went on made Greatest Showman and yeah, mm. but uh, you know Michael did. Um, he was a talented visual effects artist and he helped me like have shells coming out of the gun Mm. and smoke coming off Mm. it and blood going on people so that the kills looked real. And then the other thing we did was like blurred out the number plates and uh, pixelated them out pixelated people's faces. So it felt like it was a documentary. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I love that. That's, that's the part that I gravitated to when I rewatched it. I thought, yeah, that, that's the, that's what sells it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Those little moments that make you realize, Oh, I'm watching something I shouldn't be watching. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The other, the the thing that you know would happen when once I had you know the the DVD that Scott had given me is that whole that scene where he waits outside with the filmmaker to go and collect the filmmaker's mm. stuff that he'd been stolen from his mm. flatmate mm. his old flatmate and he yeah, and then he goes over there with the baseball bat yeah, yeah. that scene like. It was, a, it was a killer, and yeah. I, like people would come around my house. I'm like, I've got to show you something. And mm. I'd show them this thing. It was like mm. I found this thing. I got to show
2: you. Oh, this, you show me this a snuff thing. film It looks like a real <laughs> yeah, yeah. documentary. And things. so I
0: would show that <laughs> scene to anyone who came to my house. Yeah, like, you got to watch this thing. This guy's made. And
2: coming back to uh, the magician with Mister In Between, like a decade later, was there ever a conversation about keeping it in that same like documentary style?
0: Um. Yeah, we did have conversations about it, but, you know, Scott had sort of written it more as a a drama and we weren't sure how to maintain that You know, the Italian yeah. filmmaker neighbor yeah. character all the way through it. For a few my, years. <laughs> my whole thing was, yeah, my whole thing was, uh, you know, I wanted it, the way I shot it, to feel like it was captured like mm, sure. that. Like it wasn't just, you know, you weren't aware of the cameraman. Yeah. I mm. wanted to not be aware of the cameraman, but I wanted to feel like you're in there with... Yeah, them. and so the whole thing of shooting, pretty much the whole show is shot handheld mm. the bulk of the time, long takes too. Yeah, a and lot just of being, wides. yeah, and just being with the characters, mm-hmm. you know. So it's kind of shot in that style, especially you know when we started first season. I wanted it to feel kind of low-fi, yeah, doco style, you know. Mm. And then the world of it just got bigger as we got to make more of it, and we had a bit more budget. I just wanted to, yeah. Take that character and put him at the football game, and um, you know, just get him in bigger scenarios. So he could be the guy sitting you know, next to you at the game, or yeah. taking his kids, mm. taking his kids to the movies next to you, or just put him in those sort of situations.
1: So is that something that you guys would have conversations about, or was it something you thought you could bring to the character and the world?
0: Yeah, we would just talk about it. You know, like Scott, you know, we you know talk about different ideas that could mm. be in there. A lot of the stories come from conversations. Scott's had a lot of the, you know, um, you know, the stuff with Brittany comes from me and Chika. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there was always a daughter character, but then, you know, I'd tell Scott about stuff that was happening with me and Chika and, mm. and, uh, he's like, oh, that would be great. Can I put that in the show? You yeah. Know, like how I told her, you know, whether Santa Claus, Santa Claus was real or not, <laughs> you know, yeah. and how I accidentally killed off the Easter bunny and the <laughs> tooth fairy yeah. and everything all in yeah. one go, you know? Um, you know, in season two where we talk about how babies are made. That's basically what yeah. went down when...
1: Oh. I was going to ask, because you, you mentioned that at the premiere. So is that exactly how it went down? Um, with her <laughs> in walking reality? in? No, no, <laughs> the walking in didn't happen.
0: You know, the uh, but the conversation did. Right, you know, like right. That was the, the, the walking in was added for... Uh, yeah cinematic That's entertainment. That's a bit of artistic license. Yeah, 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 yeah. totally. Well, it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you take the essence of the conversation and then apply it to the... Yeah, of course.
2: Yeah. One thing I want to ask as well with Mr. In Between because it's like, it's set in Sydney and it feels very Sydney but... I feel like the way that you use locations, it's almost like you found new locations that are not like part of like what is like pre-established cinematic language of Sydney.
0: Yeah.
2: How did you find like did you like go out with that in mind trying to find stuff that hadn't been seen before?
0: Yeah, I just wanted it to feel like the Sydney that I know mm. rather than the you know, tourist version of Sydney mm. or the, you know, the TV version of Sydney. Yeah. Um, you know, I just tried to make it feel, you know, and I think by doing that, it feels like it could, you know, it's, it's specific to a place, but it could be any inner city, yeah. mm. you know, anywhere in the world. But uh, yeah, I was definitely didn't want to just go shoot the opera house, yep. the Sydney Harbour yeah. Bridge, all that sort of stuff. It's like the Golden Mile. Yeah, I just wanted to feel like the Sydney that yeah. I grew up in and mm. and and drive around in that I live in. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, people, I've had that comment a lot about you know the what you sh- we show of this Sydney. Looks new. Yeah. that it feels fresh and, but very authentic.
1: What do you think it is about Australians that are drawn to this type of story? The dark side, the, if you will. Like the kind of charismatic killers and the... The psychos. The psychos.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I guess, look, we're all born from convicts, right? Mm. A bunch of us, so... Mm. <laughs> There's like the crime stuff's in our DNA or something, and... Uh, but... I don't know, there's something, you know, I don't know if it's the Ned Kelly thing or the you know, people love an outlaw or mm. um but yeah, there's definitely a an attraction to crime mm. in cinema here, you know, like right? It. You know, with Chopper and mm. Animal Kingdom and Yeah, I'm not sure what it is, but I, I'm clearly drawn to it as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, I heard someone describe it as a situational comedy. <laughs> I recently. guess on paper it is. It really yes, is, you know, like <laughs> Yeah. And uh I was like, oh yeah, it probably is. I didn't really think of it that way. I guess the thing about Mr. In-Between and, you know, is I feel like there's so many of the characters in there you 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 know them, you know, or you know people mm. who know them. Mm. You know, when I was growing up, there were some guys who lived down the street from me that it was kind of known that they, you know, stole cars and yeah. you know, chopped up cars and stuff. But they also, you know, like I didn't know them personally, but I remember I I crashed my mum's car one time when I was driving home from school, and I was, you know, wedged between a uh, fence and a telephone pole with Oof. the car. Austin mm. Powell
2: style. Yeah.
0: And I wasn't like I was hurt or anything, but the car was stuck, and I needed help. And one of those dudes helped me get out, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, helped me bounce the car out of there. And it's very like he was just friendly, normal guy. But mm. I kind of knew that that did, dude did some criminal activity. Yeah. Um, and I feel like we all kind of know someone yeah. mm. in those circles in some way.
1: Thanks so much for chatting to us, mate. Really yeah, no it. worries. Thanks sure. for having me. Thanks for coming in. Thanks so much. If you
2: want to hear more from Cameron and I, you can head over to patreon.com slash Total Reboot and sign up for just five bucks a month to get access to a whole bunch of other bonus content. And we'll see you next week with more in the Australian Psycho miniseries.